Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us today for episode 363 of the Speaker Lab podcast. This is a uh, third part in our series where I'm introducing each member of our amazing leadership team. And today we're going to be talking with Mr. Casey Proctor, who is our director of operations. In other words, he's the wizard behind the curtain, making sure that our people and processes are supported, efficient, and set up for success. Now, Casey's been with the team for uh, about two years or so, uh, and he's just he's witnessed some significant growth, been a key leader in helping us stay true to our mission, staying on, on track, and uh, staying focused. We talk a lot about people, growth, and ownership. Those are the core values that guide our team. And Casey really embodies each of these uh, as he helps launch tools and processes and really just creates seamless transitions in the day-to-day for our company and for our team members. During our conversation, Casey's going to talk about the importance of establishing checklists and workflows and how they can really transform your speaking business. He also gives insights into the concept of multitasking and how to make sure that you best are managing your time. Casey is really a master of organization and efficiency, and they're just uh, there's a lot of takeaways that they're going to help you get moving in the right direction in your speaking business. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Casey Proctor on creating operational success. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we are joined by uh, another one of our people behind the curtain here. Today, we're going to be chatting with my good friend, Mr. Casey Proctor, who is our Director of Operations here at the Speaker Lab. So, uh, Casey, welcome. How are you feeling today? Thanks, Grant. I'm doing great today. It's a beautiful day here in the sunny Northwest uh, for once. <laughs> Finally, you might say. Uh, it's going great, man. How are you? Doing quite well. Glad that you're here. Uh, we are doing this series where we're talking with uh, a few team members, uh, just kind of on behind the scenes of what it's like here at the Speaker Lab. So, first of all, why don't you kind of paint a picture of what is uh, what's your role? What is it that you do here? Because uh, you have your hands on a lot of things. So, give us the the snapshot of what your role is here. Uh, when you mentioned, you know, uh, having this series with folks that sit behind the curtain, that is how I describe my role a lot. I'm very much the wizard behind the curtains, you know, pay no attention as I move all of these levers and push these buttons to make sure that the speaker lab as a business stays running every day. Um, so that it very much feels that way. Um, yeah. although I don't have like, you know, a nice big cape and a robe and like a magic staff or something. We can work um, on that. Yeah, we could, we could, we go, hey, we can make it happen. <laughs> um, I think my job really boils down to making sure everyone on the team knows what's expected of them, that they have the tools to do their job, and then that our company is operating efficiently. So eliminating redundancies, you know, uh, making sure we have we as a business have the right tools that we're not using multiple tools that do the same thing. So eliminating waste, that our workflows are efficient. Um, 
and then just uh, continually checking in with the team to make sure that um, not only are they happy in what they do, but like they feel set up to succeed rather than constrained um, and even set up for failure because they either don't have the right tools or they don't understand the expectations of their role. Right. And you have been here, you've been here for, in fact, the day that we're recording this uh, is actually your, your two-year anniversary uh, here at the company. And you've seen you know tremendous growth in the company. I, I think probably when you came on, we had maybe less than 10 and now we have more than 20. Uh, so we have a, a good number of people. So can you talk through like what have been in the, the two years that you've been here? What's kind of been the evolution that you have seen? Well, when I, so when I started, um, you know, I came from working very much in a freelance capacity for a couple different entrepreneurs, uh, some friends of yours, shout outs to uh, Jeff Goins and Tim Grawl, mm-hmm. who have had the opportunity to work with. And so coming into the speaker lab, I was very much ready to make a lot of like improvements and look at our efficiencies and stuff. And, um, you know, props to Nick, our one of our old teammates, mm-hmm. uh, y'all had a very well oiled machine, you had a pretty good, you know, the way things all configured and set up was very logical. And in in looking at where we've come in the last two years, you know, our team size more than doubling um, and what it's taken to accomplish that, I think what I've seen be a common thread through all of that is a intentional focus and always circling back to our core values of people, growth, and ownership. Um, and that it's just been tremendous to see the team not only grow in size, but to have the culture become even more rich as we're adding more people. One of the things, you know, in working in a corporate environment for many years before becoming a freelancer, as a as a company grows, their their attachment, their dedication to what are really their core values on a human level, on like a personal level, becomes more corporatized. It becomes more vague and blah for lack of a better term and it just you know there's so many mission statements out there where if you took the company name off and you read their mission statement or you read their values you'd have no idea who the company was it could have been enron or microsoft or apple or or anyone but when a a culture of a team and of their audience like with the speaker lab when you look at our core values you're like oh that's that's a speaker lab. That couldn't be anybody else. And so that's been um, one of the awesome things that I've seen as we've grown and evolved over the last two years. One of the things I remember when you got started, you kind of alluded to this, was that uh, you you came in expecting it to be a lot messier than it was. And I remember <laughs> you expected there to just be, you know, like with a, a, with a lot of businesses, like things are just kind of duct taped together and you're just hanging on by a thread. And and I remember you came in and after a, a couple months or something, you're like, I'm pleasantly surprised uh, at, <laughs> at, that you guys, you guys have it together more than I anticipated. <laughs> Well, it, it when you you know when you start a business or you come up with an idea, especially you know, and this applies to speakers a lot because they are solopreneurs. They might get to a point where their business grows and they start adding a small number of team members, like an assistant, or they work with a booking agent, or they you know if they start diving into other verticals like you know doing a podcast or writing a book, they might bring on other other team members, but they they are used to being scrappy. They're used to doing it by themselves. And at the beginning of any adventure or any journey like that, people rarely think about 
all the different tools they're going to need in the end. And so they don't build their systems with the end in mind. And it becomes a lot of a lot of duct tape, a lot of string, a lot of, right. you know, loose nails sticking out here and there. And so then, um, you know, what ha- eventually happens is the the business is unable like you, it reaches a scale where it's unable to grow any further because the framing the the frame of the house that they have built or the building that they're trying to to construct um, isn't solid. And so, um, you know, big companies like Starbucks, you know, have gone through this before. You know, in two thousand eight, like they've been growing insanely and been like on the back end, like patching different systems and stuff together. And then they had to pause and like take some intentional time to clean up, you know, and tighten up all the technology and systems that supported the growth for longer term future growth. And so when I came into the speaker lab, I expected a lot more duct tape and there was still a little bit, but I was pleasantly surprised that it was a, it's a pretty well oiled machine. And we've, we've continued to make things efficient, to launch new tools, to implement new processes that, um, make it much more seamless when we're onboarding a new team member or, you know, where, you know, we've promoted someone into a new role and they've got new responsibilities, always trying to make it as smooth as possible. What do you enjoy uh, most about working here or what do you think people would be surprised to know about working here? That is a good question. And I know that that saying that is a stalling tactic so that I can think more for a moment. (laughs) Um, I think it really comes down to, I think the thing people will be most surprised about is the strong emphasis on those three core values. Um, And we've landed on those of ownership, people, and growth very, very intentionally because with that ownership, it gives people autonomy in their work to succeed and find the best solution and to, you know, freedom to fail and support in that when it happens, but also freedom to create a win for themselves, for our students. And uh, especially that people value. So many companies give lip service to that mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, we're, we're a family and we really yeah. value you and we want you to have work-life balance. And then it gets to the end of a fiscal year and they have to lay people off. You know, and you can't like, you can't lay off family. You have three daughters. Like you're not going to get to, you know, the end of the summer and be like, well, we're going to have to let one of you go. Um, Like that just doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days where that would, that sounds lovely. (laughs) Parents will understand. (laughs) I have, I have three daughters myself. There are days. Um, But with this, with the speaker lab, there's a camaraderie. Like it's not. I don't feel I don't feel like it's a family. I feel like I'm really part of a team, like a sports team where I that's really close knit um with a healthy amount of competition and we're constantly trying to build each other up um and we have to work together. It's like uh in some ways Grant if I could like liken our team to a soccer field, I feel like you're the goalie and you know, and the captain of the team and the rest of us are on the field, a mixture of offense and defense, trying to score a goal and help, help our students succeed, help each other succeed. And so I think that the thing that boils down to being what people would be surprised by is just how much 
there is that emphasis on people in balance with the growth. Like we're a business, we're a for-profit company. Like we, we employ 20 plus people and we help our students succeed and, you know, get booked and paid to speak and build their own speaking businesses. Um, you know, it's, we're not a, we're not a nonprofit. Um, but at the same time, like as we are results, uh, oriented and results driven, um, we bring the people along along with that and share in that celebration every single day, multiple times a day. Someone on our team is giving someone else a shout out, saying, "Hey, Liz, thanks so much for your help on this project." Or Melissa, I really appreciate you know you jumping in at the last minute. I had this problem, you know, um, or celebrating someone who you know has achieved a goal or a milestone. Um, you know, today it's my two year anniversary at the Speaker Lab, and uh, one of our uh, coaches, Jeremy. And so like celebrating them inside of our, you know, Slack community for the team. It's just, there's so much positive, genuine positivity and sincere gratitude and appreciation of each other. Like, I love this job. I don't, I don't want to work anywhere else. Yeah. Let's shift gears for a second. So you're, again, your primary role is around operations. You are very systems, processes, uh, operational minded and do a phenomenal job at that. And uh, the idea of bringing systems into a business is something that can be intimidating. It can be daunting. Um, again, you do a phenomenal job with that. But for so many speakers that are just like, I don't need systems. I just book gig, show up, speak gig, you know, washer and repeat. But uh, I know for myself early on, especially as a, as a speaker, that uh, it, there were a lot of repeatable things that were happening that needed systems, that needed structure. So can you talk about like, why is, it, why is having systems, why is having processes so important for, uh, for, for any entrepreneur, but especially for speakers? Sure. I think it really comes down to two things, and that's efficiency and accuracy. I would say that any task that you repeat more than twice should have a checklist or a workflow. And people who say, oh, I don't need checklists, um, I would challenge them and say that brain surgeons and fighter pilots and just airplane pilots in general, they all have checklists. They have checklists yeah. for everything. They have checklists for, you know, for a surgeon, for getting like surgery prep. It's like, this is when I wash my hands and this is how I put on the gloves and this is when I put on the scrubs and, and the mask and whatever. They have a checklist that happens in a very specific order to ensure not just that it's done efficiently, but that it's done accurately and it ensures the safety, health and safety of themselves and their coworkers and the person being operated on. Yeah. And then for the pilot, like they have a checklist for getting the engine started. It's not like when you get in a car, it's like close the door, buckle seatbelt, start, you know, key in the ignition, start the car off the, take off the parking brake, put it in drive. Then you go, you know, um, there's a, there's a lot more buttons and knobs and levers for, right. for a pilot to do, you know? And so with, um, with someone who who has their own business or just trying to be more productive, having checklists or workflows, it creates a routine. It creates muscle memory, and so that you become as you repeat the, every time you repeat the task, you get a little more efficient with it, um, and then it takes up less and less of your brain waves. Like, when was the last time you tied your shoes and you really had to think about it? Right. Right. Like you've tied your shoes the same way for decades and it's, you know, and you're pretty fast, you know, probably. And you could probably time faster, you know, if you like put focus, intentional effort into it. Um, and if you were tying shoes all day, that would probably be important. <laughs> but, um, you know, when it comes to, 
you know, speakers and um, the work they do in communication and networking, organizing their gigs and the different steps that follow, you know, in terms of preparing for the talk, delivering the talk, what's their, you know, pre-stage routine, what do they do when they get off stage, what do they do after, you know, post-event, um, if it's not written down somewhere, they might remember most of it, but they might miss a key step. And so, you know, if anyone's ever made a mistake, you probably have an opportunity for, for a workflow. And, um, and taking that little bit of time to just write it down um, can save you tons of time and headache later, because then instead of worrying about, okay, did I remember to do these five things after an event or, you know, in preparing for the event, You've got your checklist. You're like, all right, I did these five things. Great, done. And you don't, like, you're not waking up in a sweat in the middle of the night going, did I email that event coordinator back? Did I deposit that check? Did I even invoice that event? You're like, it's done. My friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? If your answer is, "I, I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start. Let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. So uh, a lot of speakers, and, and again, I think just entrepreneurs in general feel like I'm not um, outside of business. I'm just not a super organized person. I'm not very detail oriented. I have a difficult time, you know, uh, um, managing my time. And it's easy to just kind of default to like these, um, uh, what we would categorize as like these personality flaws of like, I'm just not an organized person. So the idea of creating systems and processes and structure for my business feels like, ah, I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. It's not necessary. It's overkill. It's whatever. So what would you say to the speaker who, who's going like, I'm just not organized. So I don't, I don't know how to do this these things? Well, first I might challenge them and say that that's a limiting belief and there's millions of people who, you know, can do this. And I think part of it just like break it down into bite-sized, bite-sized pieces instead of like, okay, I'm trying to organize my entire business or I'm trying to build a workflow or a system for everything. Start really small. Start with, you know, uh, you're like, start with, you know, what you want to have happen after an event. So like, you've got to, you know, whether that's sending an invoice, sending a thank you message, you know, some type of follow up message or whatever, just start with that. And just write those couple things down. So I would say start small and just, you know, just write out what you do. Um, Often for me, when I'm documenting a workflow, I'll do it while I'm actually like, I'll instead of thinking about, okay, when we publish a podcast, this is what happens. I'll just write it down as we're doing it. And then once it's the other benefit of having these workflows written down is that when you get to a point of hiring a team member or starting to outsource some stuff, you've already got it written down. Mm -hmm. So like when we hired uh, Liz, our operations coordinator, she was able to take over the podcast because we had all those different workflows, you know, production workflows documented. 
mm-hmm. um, so that neither you nor I, once this interview is over, will do anything else for this particular episode to publish. Um, so I would say start small. And the other thing is um, there's a tendency to get hung up on tools. Like what's the best tool? And there's so many, like if you were to Google best productivity tool or best task management tool, there would be endless results of articles that say, you know, top 10 this and comparing these 20 or whatever. Um, and I'm really a, a, an advocate of just pick one and use it every day. So like for me, I like um, for my own personal to-do list type stuff, I like Todoist. Um, it's really, you know, it's relatively simple. It has more features that you can use, you know, if you want to, um, but it's really, you know, straightforward. You can create repeating tasks that the app on the iPhone is pretty slick. It's also got a desktop and a web app and it works great. Um, and so you could use, you know, something like that to be, to, you know, tackle like, all right, this is what, you know, happens after an event. I want to do these five things. And then that's where that, you know, workflow, that's where that list of tasks lives. And then whenever I finish an event, I'm like, all right, the next morning or that evening or whatever, whenever that post event workflow begins, I just pull it up and then I go through the list and then it's done. And you perfectly described like what, um, you know, what I did early on in my own speaking business of, uh, booking, I was booking a lot of gigs and, and there was a, a repeatable set of things that, and tasks that needed to be done before, during, and after the event. And, um, it was a bunch of things, but it needed to happen for every event. And then you multiply that out by a whole bunch of events over the course of a year. And it's just a lot of moving pieces. It's hard to keep track of. Uh, each event's going to have kind of its own timeline of where things are at and, and the, you know, who needs what, when, and that sort of thing. Uh, and so in fact, we put together like a, a, an event checklist that we provide to all of our students to just like, no, we already like thought through these processes this is something that we've refined and used and like, here, just take this, follow this, do this and, and you know, uh, uh, adapt it accordingly. But like you, you have to have those systems in place. Uh, let me shift gears for a second. Cause another thing that as important for speakers is especially as you're building your speaking business, you're most likely doing that in conjunction with working a full-time job. A lot of people have families, you have other things that are happening. You are someone that's always been really, really disciplined with your time and, and uh, just disciplined across the board. So can you talk about that as far as uh, I'm trying to build this business? Uh, Like speakers ask a lot of times for us, uh, I'm getting started. How much time should I be setting aside to work on this in mm-hmm. the midst of everything else that I have going on? So how do you kind of think about something, whether it's a speaking business or whatever type of business or project you may be working on and how that just fits in and how you create the the, the time and discipline to actually accomplish it? Gotcha. Um, I'm going to start off by saying something that's probably controversial for some people. Um, and that is multitasking is a myth. You cannot do two things at the same time with any level of excellence. Now, I might be able to walk and chew gum. You know, I might be able to listen to a podcast and work out. Um, but you cannot productively do two different tasks at the same time. What is actually happening when people think they're multitasking is they're doing rapid task switching. So, you know, if I'm on my if I'm on my phone at dinner, I am, might be, you know, I don't do this, but if I'm looking at my phone and listening to my wife, I'm not actually doing either of those very well. Like right. I'm either really paying attention to what's on my phone or I'm actually paying attention to my wife. Um, and so uh, 
when it comes to like how much time so when it comes to your time i'm a big fan of a couple different um practices and one of those things is uh batching and scheduling and so when it comes to batching like there are certain tasks where it's like okay i've got so email is a great example so you you know you open your inbox you've got however many unread emails you have other emails that you need to respond to and so set a set a time um i forget the name of the principle but it's like any task will expand to fulfill the time you give it and so set a timer for yourself i've got this little nifty timer on my desk um it's got a bunch of different settings on it and so i just like it's i don't know what is this a hexagon or something um and so i just roll it over and it's got like 5 10 15 and 30 minutes on it and a couple other ones and so i just roll it over and then it immediately starts a timer and then I do that one task, that one focus task for that period of time. And so, you know, with your email, you know, set a timer for 30 minutes and you are responding to as many emails as possible in 30 minutes. Um, and you'd be amazed what you could get done. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing is to, to batch stuff when you can. So don't like, all right, I've got my email and Slack open and this Google doc and this slides where I'm like drafting a talk and, uh, in the background, I'm listening to this podcast, like have as few things as you can going on at one time, preferably one thing, right. um, and set yourself a timer. Like even set yourself a timer for five minutes, turn off everything else, put your phone in airplane mode. It'll be okay for five minutes and see how many emails you can respond to in just five minutes. And then all of those emails are now off of your mind. You're not thinking about them and they're not taking up space for you to respond to later. Um, the other part with the schedule, with the batching is to schedule a time. So like, you know, put it, put it on your calendar at 9am. I answer emails for 30 minutes or, you know, at 11 o'clock, I'm going to work on my presentation for an hour. And so everything else gets shut down and you're just working on your presentation for that period of time. Um, just like, I mean, I imagine we're not all getting as many meeting invites as we used to for people who worked in an office and stuff um, with all of the remote work happening and we still have Zoom meetings and things like that. But, you know, schedule your work on your calendar. Like I've got it. I've got some speaker lab stuff to take care of this afternoon and I've got it blocked out on my calendar. And then when that meeting comes up, it's like, all right, this is what I'm working on for this period of time and everything else is blocked out or the notifications are turned off or whatever so that I can really focus in on that. So, you know, in terms of how much time that's really up to the person, but I would start small, go ahead and try that exercise of setting a timer for five minutes or 15 minutes and seeing how many emails you can answer at one time um, in that amount of, in that amount of time. And then like in your, in your day, like pick a time where you do a specific task, like at 9am I answer emails at 10am I, make phone calls or whatever. So you're also, uh, you're, you're very uh, efficient and effective with your time, but you're also just, you're really, really disciplined. Um, meaning that you, uh, what you eat, your health, your, your, your exercise regimen, uh, the amount of work that you get done, like you're a very disciplined person. Is that something that you feel like comes naturally? Is that something that, that, uh, any entrepreneur or speaker can learn or how do we, increase the efficiency and effectiveness of which any of us operates. So I definitely wasn't born this way. Um, I did have military parents. So the whole discipline thing to me feels like it comes natural as well as a very healthy respect for authority. Um, 
but I think um, I like putting it this way. Everyone is excellent because excellence is a habit. And so you, depending on your habits, you either are excellent at good things, at good habits, or you're excellent at bad habits. Hmm. Um, and so it's really about, um, it, there's the stoic principle of living a good life. And like, that's the point of the philosophy of living a good life, doing good work. And throughout the day, multiple times a day, you are faced with the opportunity to make the right decision. And every right decision you make, you are building that chain. You are building the habit of making the right choice. And then, you know, your choices may be big or small, but the more often you make that right choice, make that right decision, the easier it gets. So when you are faced with a big decision, it's, it is innate, it is very natural to make the right decision. So what does that look like from a, from a, from a discipline standpoint, like from productivity and time management day to day? It's part of it is like being proactive and eliminating distractions. Like I don't get pinged on my phone when I get a new email because that's a distract because I know I'll be distracted and go look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, if I know that a deadline is coming up and that a certain, you know, set of tasks needs to be completed, I'll set aside the time on my calendar. And when that time comes, I turn off, you know, my phone goes in airplane mode. I turn off everything else and I focus in and that task gets done. Um, and so, uh, it's not good or bad, right or wrong in the cosmic sense of things. Like it's not like a moral decision, but it's a, a positive or negative in the direction you want to go. So if you want to be more organized, you make those right decisions in small ways. Like I don't watch Netflix while I work. Uh, there's no TV here in the office that I'm working in. Um, I also don't listen to podcasts while I work because either the work I do is inefficient um, or I miss things or I don't get all the value out of the podcast that I want to because I really wanted to like, I really wanted to listen to that particular episode, um, you know, where, you know, Adam Grant interviewed Malcolm Gladwell and I missed huge chunks because I was focused on something else. Right. Um, so I think the, the discipline is, is learned and is just, you're, you're either disciplined in good habits or you're disciplined in bad habits. Um, you know, like if you get used to looking at your phone every night before bed, that becomes a habit. If you, you know, uh, have dessert every night after dinner, that becomes a habit. Um, and so, uh, you become disciplined to eat ice cream and to look at your phone before bed. But if you, you know, put your phone in airplane mode and put it away, or, you know, you stop eating, you know, after 8 PM at night, no matter what it is, and you only have water, um, and you consistently make those decisions, you become disciplined in positive habits of, of what you want to be doing. You are someone who uh, you're always looking at and checking out and trying and using new tools. Uh, you're someone who, who always knows what's going on with tools. So you mentioned Todoist is one that you use for your task management. Any other tools that you'd recommend for speakers that we ought to be checking out or looking into? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I will reiterate my disclaimer before of it really doesn't matter what tool you use. Just pick one and use it. Yeah. Um, I can't tell like I've tried a bunch of different, you know, task apps and project management apps and email apps and, you know, alarms and all different kinds of stuff. And it, 
the key to success of any of them is just picking one. Don't use four different task list tools, but pick one and then use it consistently. Um, you know, and you might need to try a few to work, you know, figure out which one works for you, but just pick one. Um, but yeah, Todoist is the one I like for personal productivity, like just my personal task list of like, all right, this needs to get done today. Um, you know, we're going to, uh, we've got some home improvement projects coming up this summer. So I've got like some phone calls to make and stuff for those. So those all go in that Todoist for me. Um, the other one I really like, uh, is Evernote and I use that for capturing information and so if there's you know uh an article i really liked i'll clip that in there if there's like a thought or idea i had i'll jot down a note on like on my phone or um you know or they've got you know apps on desktop mobile even you know web browser and stuff and i really like it because then that becomes like my digital brain like i've I I know I have captured it and I've put it somewhere and their search tools are really powerful. They do have tasks built into like that's something they're trying they're beta testing right now as a task feature um, inside of Evernote and they've got lots of other stuff. But I like it just purely as a capture tool. And then you know whether it's my own thoughts or I'm like oh I saw this in a you know podcast like I'll screenshot the the podcast on my phone and then you know upload it to Evernote and then like they have um, image text search so like if the if the title of the podcast is in the screenshot and then i type it into search it in evernote evernote will search the text on the image and find it for me um so they got really powerful search i like it it's been around a long time um there's some other different capture tools out there but i really just like evernote um for uh for so that's capturing um for task management, you know, Todoist is great. If you're looking more for something that's a bit more like project management type, where it's like, you know, I've got this project, I'm moving, you know, tasks through different stages of, you know, status. Um, Asana is awesome. Their free tier is really substantial and provides a lot of features. We use Asana for managing our content and some other smaller projects. Um, so Asana is great for project management. There's other ones out there, but it's simple and easy to use. Um, I will say I will highly recommend anyone who tries Asana watch their like getting started beginner videos because it's really easy um, to uh, for it to get out of hand if you just start constantly adding stuff in there right. and then you feel overwhelmed and then you don't use it, which is like you're not setting yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got lots of great content and our operations coordinator, Liz, she loves it. She's like an Asana guru. Which is uh, that's what we need. We need a uh, we need her to be the the, the queen of that. Um, well, Casey, this has been super helpful, man. We we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, not only giving us a little peek behind the curtain for your own world, but also what we do here at the Speak Lab. And and I can just say uh, that we have a we have a lot of moving pieces, and you have your hand in just about all of them. Uh, and so uh, just know how much we uh, deeply deeply appreciate it uh, for what you do. The podcast episode goes out every single week, um, and we've had hundreds of episodes that you have been involved in uh, behind the things to make this and many other things happen so uh, we appreciate you man appreciate you taking the time awesome thank you grant all right there you go hope you enjoyed today's episode of the speaker lab podcast and before you take off don't forget if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating and review within itunes we read every single one of those it helps it helps other people to find the show listen we, we don't charge anything for you to listen to these we don't have any ads or anything We do this because we want to serve and support speakers like you. So one small favor we ask of you is that you would leave us some type of a rating and review. Again, we really, really do appreciate that. 
If you're looking for more help, support as a speaker as you build and grow your business at whatever stage you're at, don't forget to check out thespeakerlab.com. Thespeakerlab.com. We got a ton of free resources and tools over there. So again, check it out over at thespeakerlab.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.